For all of Gabriel's show dates and ticket links go to gabrielrutledge.com. Or don't. If you would like to support this podcast by subscribing for $5 a month, click the Substack link in the episode notes. You won't get any extra episodes, but Gabriel will think warm thoughts about you. And now it's time for the drive home with Gabriel Rutledge. Play the royalty-free hip-hop music. Now here's your host, Gabriel. A couple days ago, I was walking through downtown Spokane. In between my uh, hotel, the Davenport Grand. And Rite Aid. I was going to buy Pepto-Bismol. Not that it's your business. And, you know, downtown Spokane, like a lot of downtowns, a little sketchy. You know, same problems everywhere else. Uh, Fentanyl, homelessness, addiction, mental health. So I'm walking to uh, Rite Aid. At a pretty quick pace, because I'm going to buy Pepto-Bismol. I'm pretty sure that's where the term pep in your step comes from. And I see this, uh, I'm assuming, homeless gentleman in front of me. You know, he's wearing one shoe. Uh, And I'm catching the end of him yelling at a restaurant employer or owner or someone. He's like screaming at him. I will fuck you then. And then he's like, your other door's open. I'm going to go around the other side. And then he goes around the other side. And then someone I can't see shuts the door around the other side. Homeless guy starts pounding on the door. Fuck you! Starts screaming the N-word. Leaves the door, keeps walking. He's in front of me, you know, 10, 15 feet. I slowed down. I, you know, I don't really want to catch up with him at this point. Also put my phone in my pocket in case I need two hands, you know. And he's just screaming the N-word. About the guy. And then it's, you know, to no one in particular. You you know, you've seen that before. And then, you know, then the N-word part kind of dies down. He's just like, fucking bullshit. Can't treat me like that. Screaming. And then he goes, you know what? I wish I had your kids. I wish your kids had to stay with me. And in my head, I'm like, okay, here we go. This sentence isn't going to end well. And then he goes, if I had your kids, I would be the best father. I would love them so much. You fucking N-word. I would be the best father. I'm going to be honest, I didn't see that coming. I would be so supportive of your kids and respectful to your memory. 
I would set boundaries but still love them if they cross them. I would give them my remaining shoe. I taped a special on Spokane this week. Uh, I mean, I did some other shows too, but on Saturday, taped the special. Thank you if you were there. You know, there's a lot of... Uh, I've heard the... I don't know what you call it. It's not an expression, but people say, like, if it rains on your wedding day, that's good luck. I've less often heard it said, if you have diarrhea on the day you take your special, that's good luck. But it worked out for me. I don't know what happened. Is there such thing as, like, very low-grade food poisoning? Because I'm still not great, I'm going to be honest, and it's been three days. If your kids had diarrhea, I would take them to the store and get Imodium. It is like, as the days led up to the uh, special taping, you start thinking things like, well, you know, I hope I don't get sick. That would be terrible timing if I get sick. And then like, when I was trimming my beard like a week before, I'm like, well, don't fuck this up. This is going to be on your special. A couple days before, I'm like, let's not get a big zit. They didn't hire a makeup team for this thing. I forgot to worry about diarrhea. So that's my bad. I've said it before. Diarrhea is what happens when you're busy making other plans. I also thought, I hope people show up. I mean, I know some people bought tickets, but it was also, you know, the club, the whole Bark Entertainment that owns eight comedy clubs now, they're the ones financing this special. And so, you know, they wanted to make sure it was full. They gave away some tickets. But you're, I'm still like, well, I hope people come. And it was packed. Both shows Saturday. Uh, first show Saturday was... I mean, about as fucking close to perfect as I could ask for. If they just said, that's your special, unedited from beginning to end, I'd be like, okay. I mean, since I get the choice and the option, I'll probably throw in something from the second show, because I think there's a line I forgot the first show. But... Just first joke to last joke. Everyone involved. Everyone engaged. Great crowd response. Standing ovation at the end. I mean, you know. It was maybe my best show of the year. And it was taped for a special. That never fucking happens. That never happens. second show, it wasn't terrible. 
But, you know, there were some drunk people, and people actually got kicked out during it. Which is just, I mean, they make all these announcements. We're taping a special. People can see the cameras. The, the host is like saying, okay, we're going to change the backdrop, and then we're going to start taping the next special. People know what's going on. And they're still like, Did that help? Flippity jibbit! Does that help your special? There was a lady talking, and I, I guess the, uh, they kicked her out eventually, but she kept talking, and I think the security was looking for her, but they couldn't find her, who it was exactly, and, you know, so the middle of my special taping, I'm like, ma'am, you gotta shut the fuck up. But I was also like, I got a good one already, you know, it's okay. Sixty-five minutes, I think, will be the approximate length. I didn't. I very purposefully did like no crowd work. I think there was a couple of moments. I mean, okay, a glass falling and breaking or dropping is a fairly common occurrence in a comedy club, but I would still say less than once a week. You hear a glass hit the ground when you're on stage. Both shows that happened. Uh, and I think, I don't know. I'm envisioning like just the comedy set with none of those little interruptions. Zero 65 minutes. All killer, no filler. Hopefully. And then like maybe, you know, after the credits or whatever, a couple of like you know how movies do, like, bloopers or outtakes or whatever. Maybe three or four of those quick little moments that I think would be fun. Not including the one of me telling you later to shut the fuck up. We can do without that. And you're probably listening, like, so you're saying it was really, really good? Don't you have something about it you can complain about? Yeah, I do. Don't worry. It was really hot. How hot was it? It was... I'm trying to tell you. I don't know. The AC wasn't quite pumping as much as it is supposed to. It was like 98 degrees outside during the day. So it. I was sweating a lot. So... I'll be honest, uh, I don't think my hair's gonna look its best. <laughs> might look like a drowned rat up there. I might look real shiny. Maybe it'd be cool, like, you know, James Brown sweat pouring down my face as I give it all to the people. Hardest working man in the comedy business. But ideally, I would not like to be sweating profusely during my special. I mean, I soaked through my shirt. I, 
Luckily, I wore a black shirt. I didn't even think about it. But, uh, yeah. By the end of the second show, like, you know, my head was wet. But, if my biggest complaint uh, about the special is going to be that I'm sweaty, I'll take it. One of the little outtake lines uh, that I'm envisioning in my head is that at one point I said, uh, the club told me if this special does well, they'll turn on the air conditioning for the next one. And that got a good laugh. So I'm very relieved. I'm very, uh, you know, when that first show was done, I went and I talked to the... uh, production people, and I go, everything good, all the mics work, all the cameras work, and they're like, everything was perfect, and I'm like, I don't even want to do the next show. (laughs) I mean, I'm glad we did, because like I said, I think I forgot a line on a joke, but I actually had to like, kind of get motivated to do the second show, because it was such a relief, and such a crash of emotions, and build up, and So, you know, I'm excited for it to come out eventually, I'm sure. Just because I'm excited doesn't mean it won't be hard for me to watch. You know, anytime you have to see yourself in, like, super zoomed up high definition, let alone when you're sweaty and your hair looks like shit, it's a little humbling. Not for those of you who will watch it, because you see me like that all the time, but I don't. But it's going to be a while. Like, editing takes a while. Then, uh, you know, they're going to pitch it to some different people. I don't really know what that means. And then eventually, if that doesn't work out, it'll go on YouTube. And I don't even know. There's a lot I don't know. I don't know if that's their channel, my channel, someone else's channel. Uh... And it's also, I don't know, it's a weird, not a weird time, but the way that, obviously if you pitch it to someone and they're going to give you money, that's great. But if you're just asking me straight up, like, would you rather have this special on, let's say, Showtime or YouTube, then I want it on YouTube because people can actually see it. When's the last time you watched a special on Showtime? I don't even remember doing it. But again, if Showtime was like, we'll give you 50 grand, then I'll be like, well, fuck you two. But we'll see. I'm not, you know, I'm not, uh, my expectations are fairly low for... I don't think this thing's going on Netflix or anything. I mean, obviously, that's a dream scenario. But I don't think that's... Even what the people who paid for the uh, special are are, are thinking. But, well, you never know. We'll see what happens. But my point is, it's going to be a while. uh, Before it's out. Which is how it is with, you know, everything. 
Also, I need some time to write some new jokes. <laughs> I have this long list that I've had for like six months on my phone called New Bits. And it's any idea I had since I knew I was going to tape the special that I was like, that's for after the special. And now I got to look at all of them. I mean, I did a few anyway, but... Even on Thursday and the two shows Friday, uh, before the special, I was so, like, just locked into doing the set that it was like... It's the least crowd work I've done at a club, probably, uh, in forever. And on Friday night, because I'm just so focused on... You know, it's not like I don't know the jokes, but it's, like, a couple of transitions and... And I'm kind of glad it happened because it made sure it wouldn't Saturday. But uh, I have a Coinstar joke where I talk about how they take 10%. The Coinstar machine keeps 10% of your money. And after I did the joke, a guy yelled out, Actually, it's 12%. Which is, you know, pretty low on... It's not exactly a heckle. Like, you're not supposed to do that, but it's still, like, not that big a deal. But I was so locked into, like, I'm doing my set that my response to him saying, actually, it's 12% now. I go, 10's a funnier number. Fuck off. Which was way too aggressive. Jesus, Rutledge. But then after the show, I'm like, okay. If that happens tomorrow, you gotta chill out, bro. I had a show Sunday, too, which was uh, definitely a lot looser. Tried out a, a new one. Fucked around with the crowd a little bit. Very relaxed show on Sunday. I asked my doctor what is considered more than moderate drinking. Many of you are not going to care for this information. <laughs> he said, for when you should not drink more than eight drinks a week. Well, we lost a couple. Uh, you're not going to like this either. Uh, for men, you should not drink more than 15 a week. Oh. <laughs> I haven't made a woman make that sound in a while. Uh, would, would you mind if I said the line again? Uh, for, for men... <laughs> Shouldn't drink more than 15 a week. 15 a week, 15 a week, 15 a week! Oh shit, I taped a special last night. I'm fucking loose today. I gotta go home and have sex. Mood. It's like about scheduling. 
it's not, it's not like, oh, we're feeling very passionate this evening. It's more like, I'm going to Spokane tomorrow. <laughs> Pretty sure you don't want me leaving with a full tank. <laughs> so yeah, as I'm driving home right now, uh, you know, I guess relief. I mean, this sweatiness aside, that should be the title of this thing, sweatiness aside, uh, like this is, you know, four cameras, this is a very high budget thing. Maybe it was five. Anyway. This is a very high budget thing that should look and sound as professional as anything you've seen. And so, uh, I'm excited. I'm excited for wherever it ends up. I'm excited to be able to put up the clips on my social stuff too, because in some ways that's probably more important than the whole special. I'm excited to see what the bark clubs can do with the clips to try to promote me in their markets or any other market they want to promote me because that's kind of part of the plan too I think um, so it's uh, this has already been a it's not like a, a massive difference in my comedy career in the last year or two, but, like, I'm already, like, doing things I didn't think I would be doing. I'm already having, like, the internet sort of discover me somewhat. And, uh, I'll be honest, I'm not traditionally an optimistic person, but I kind of feel like we're just getting started. And I'm not saying stardom awaits, but I just see no reason with how the internet is right now. I see no reason that this should be my peak. So even if it does nothing for me, it's just cool that I, it will hopefully be a really good special that will be there forever for people to watch. But I do think it's going to do something for me. Maybe a little bit, maybe a lot. Time will tell. Next special, makeup and air conditioning. It's going to be called Nectarine. It has to now. There was a... They made a... Backdrop. They made a, a sign that said Nectarine that they hung behind me. They took down the Spokane Comedy Club sign and uh, hung up a Nectarine sign. I get to keep that sign. I couldn't fit it on the plane, but at some point it's going to make its way somewhat close to where I live. And uh, my wife already said she wants to hang it uh, above our bed. 
which if you know anything about the joke is kind of funny. <laughs> so yeah, feeling relieved, feeling uh, feeling grateful. Uh, you know, it's it's a little out of my. Uh, level of experience to have other people invest a lot in me. I mean, don't get me wrong. Every booking I get, someone is investing in me. I mean, I'm not going to say, because it's not my business, how much money I think this special is costing, but it's a lot of money. And so it's a little humbling to have someone go, we're going to spend this huge amount of money on you because we believe in you. And as much as you say you want that in life, no matter what you do, as much as we all just want someone to go like, I believe in you. I'm going to help you. As much as we want that, when someone does, there's a part of me that goes, shit, are you sure? As much self-confidence as I have as a comedian, I'm not necessarily a confident offstage person. I am extremely confident on stage. For fuck's sake, I wish my whole life I felt like I did on stage. On stage, I have a plan, and when the plan goes wrong, I flow with it. Off stage, I have no plan, and when my no plan goes wrong, I feel like something bad happened. But as confident as I am on stage, and as confident as I am in my ability as a stand-up comedian at this point in my life, when someone bets on me, I still go, oh, shit. That might be a bad idea. If I had your kids, I would support them no matter what they did. I would love your children unconditionally. You fucking asshole. to call the special day old Jesus but that was rejected by the team and even though the joke is not like offensive to Jesus the date might joke that references day old Jesus uh, you know maybe as a title it might turn some Christians off which fine none of it's that important to me I think the kind of Christians that would have been turned off by the title Day Old Jesus are also the kind of Christians that will be turned off by some of the material I have. So, I have no shows this week, by the way, which is fortuitous timing for my mental health. Just because it's, it's nice to like, I take the special, I have no shows this week, I can chill out. 
I'd say I uh, have a couple cocktails, but I did a lot of that on Saturday. In my defense, I thought my diarrhea was done. But uh, according to my amateur research, copious amounts of Jameson with a couple of Michelob Ultras thrown in does not help diarrhea. So, research continues. I had a dream. I guess it was a premonition. I had a dream uh, when I woke up Thursday morning before I flew to Spokane. I would, When I woke up, I remembered all of it. But what, all I could remember eventually was uh, I was somewhere with a bunch of people, including my wife. And then her sister was going to come over to visit where we were. I don't know where we were. An Airbnb, a house I'm not familiar with, somewhere. But her sister was coming over. And so we as a group decided, you know what would be a hilarious prank? Is if someone shit on the floor (laughs) before she got here. You know the old prank where you shit on the floor and then the person comes over and they're like, what? And so in this dream, my wife shit on the floor. And I remember being in the dream almost like I was mad at the director of the dream who was me. Like, Okay, so we're doing the shit on the floor prank, but as the viewer of this dream, I shouldn't have to see the shit. I could, why can't it happen behind a closed door? Why do I have to watch the very graphic shitting from my wife? I think I woke up before the payoff of the prank. I think the payoff would have been my wife's sister going did someone shit on the floor and then I guess we all would have cracked up I don't I don't really understand the prank but I guess my subconscious was like trying to tell me get ready get ready because shit is funny and it's gonna help your special We want you going up hungry because you're afraid to eat anything. Oh, I have to I'll say this too about receiving a standing ovation, which occasionally happens. Um, but because it was a special, first of all, it was like I understood. There's a lot of little things that most of which I didn't think about. Uh, but we're told to me to do like uh, when I was introduced I didn't just bound up on stage because we didn't want like the handshake between me and the host Phil Kopsensky by the way who's like normally a headliner just doing it to be cool and help out so like Phil would introduce me walk all the way off stage I would walk all the way on stage Uh, they took the label off my water bottle like shit like that that I didn't think about 
But one thing we didn't talk about, but it just felt natural to do, is like, I should say goodnight and then stand there a little longer than normal. And so I did. I was like, you know, big round of applause or whatever. I'm like, thank you very much. A couple people stand up. And then I'm like, okay, I hope more people stand up. They did. It was kind of a slow standing ovation. But there's this there's this point where I'm like, I'm milking this much longer than I normally would, but also like I'm out of shit to do. I waved. I'm off mic at this point, but I've waved. I'm saying thank you. I'm saying thank you know. I've kind of raised my labelless water bottle as a toast to them. I think I've pointed to the nectarine sign and then I'm just like, I think I'm out of shit to do. I don't I think I'm out of shit to do. I think I even did a couple of fist bumps from front row people. I was doing all that shit. I'm surprised I didn't like kiss my knuckles and point to the sky like I just hit a home run like I see baseball players do. I don't think I did that. I don't know. It was kind of out of body. Anyway, if you ever watch the special and you see the water bottle on stage and it has no label, uh, it was Aquafina. So, little director's cut. Inside knowledge for you. Also, if you're watching with your friends, you can be like, um, I heard he had diarrhea that day too. So, pretty good joke considering. If I had your kids, I would never play pranks on them. I would surround them with love. And fentanyl. I also, uh, I got my Washington Center for the Performing Arts Artist Achievement Award uh, since we've last talked. Which was cool, too. I got, you know, it was fun to bring the family. I wore a suit. Gave a little speech. Uh, I've, been a, I've been a comedian for 22 years. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, I've... I've performed all over the world, got back from New York City yesterday, I'm in Vegas, 40-something states, every Canadian province, Pakistan, Dubai, all over the world. I've been all over the world. But everywhere I perform, when I talk to other comedians, they always ask me the same question, why in God's name do you live in Olympia, Washington? And I'm gonna uh, tell you the same thing I tell them, because Olympia has something no other city, no other community has, and that is a house my mother-in-law sold me for well below market value. Uh, my mother-in-law is here tonight, but I will not point her out, because it's about me tonight. Um, <laughs> 
How long am I supposed to do? <laughs> I had my wife videotape the speech, but then I started talking about her and my kids, and so she stopped. So I only got the beginning and the end of the speech, but that's okay. I consider being a stand-up comic a loophole in adulthood. It's an incredibly stupid thing to get good at. It's, it's, and to be corny, I literally travel the world bringing people joy. And how ridiculously awesome is that? How is amazing. And even during very, very difficult times of, of, of being lonely and being away from my family and certainly some financial struggles and years past, I always knew I was doing exactly what I was supposed to be doing. And as I get older, I realize that is a gift that not everyone gets. And so every once in a while, the universe agrees with me <laughs> and also lets me know I'm doing exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. Maybe a TV appearance, a, a comedy festival win, a, an amazing career opportunity. I am going to consider an achievement in the arts award. The universe let me know I'm doing all right. So I appreciate you guys. Thank you very much. Thank you, Olympia. Bye. Also, I was, you know, it's this big uh, fundraiser event, awards, banquet, gala thing. I'm wearing a suit. And they, they sat us right next to a dish tub, like a bus tub. And so, like, I kept having to move my chair because a guy had to keep, like, throwing dirty dishes behind me. Like, people are coming over, like, uh, oh, congratulations. This is so cool. Cling, clock, smash. Just so I didn't get too cocky. I was trying to, I was going to get kind of a nice suit. I went to men's warehouse. Uh, is that where you get nice suits? I don't know. The only other one I had, I bought at JCPenney's. Uh, so long ago. And it was like kind of out of style and way too big for me. Uh, so I went to Men's Warehouse and then, you know, he's like... The guy's talking to me, he measures me, he's like looking at things, and then I can, you know, I'm sure it's on the lower end, but it's still like, I don't, yeah, I don't want to pay four or $500 for a suit. I just, I'm never going to wear this thing enough to justify that. And then he's like, well, we could go cheaper if we do some, uh, like, slacks and a blazer, different colored, and I'm like, I'm not getting an award on a sailboat. not going to a country club brunch. So then I was like, you know what? Appreciate your time. I understand, you, you know, my options are a little limited because you can't order stuff because I just came in too late. And then I walked two doors down to Target where I bought my suit for, I think, <laughs> with a shirt. Also, for I think 180 bucks total. But then, as I walked back from Target, I passed the men's warehouse window on the way to my car. 
And I saw my guy staring at me. Looking at my shitty Target suit. Going, we lost another one. You're going to look like shit, you cheap son of a bitch. If I had your kids, I would buy them the nicest clothes. In the most up-to-date fashion. Alright, we're going to call that a podcast. Uh, I don't think I'm going to have one next week. Because I don't think I'm going to have a chance to do it since I have no shows. Um, I'll just be, you know, chilling at home. Using my home toilet. (laughs) This is the grossest episode I've ever done. Oh, shit. Literally, 